Welcome, 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 and good evening. It is the final tea time of this Thursday, and I am joined with Ryan Joseph Cop Copyard. So he's going to be talking about pain to purpose. So we're going to really enjoy a really good, strong cup of tea to finish off tonight's Thursday. So before we get started, we're going to do all the good stuff, we're going to do disclaimer, intro, and bio, all that good stuff. And then we're going to get Ryan in here. We're going to get him to spill a good, strong TEA with all of you out there. So if you have any questions, leave them in the comments. If you'd like to privately message Miss Liz so that I can ask those questions, be sure to do that. And if you are new to Tea Time, just give it a quick subscribe and share this channel out with all of your loved ones. So Miss Liz's disclaimer for Miss Liz's live Tea Time shows. Miss Liz, myself, is going live using StreamYard. Before leaving a comment, please grant StreamYard permission to see your name at StreamYard.com. Please be advised that the content brought forward for any Tea Time show hosted by myself, Miss Liz, is always brought forward in good faith. However, may bring forward dialogues and opinions that are not representative of my platform. The facts and information are perceived to be accurate at the given time of airing. All Tea Time guests and audience participants are responsible for using their good judgment in taking any action that may relate to the discussion. The content brought forward may include discussion for some where they may be emotionally at risk. It is significant to know that the show is engaging in discussion forums only to offer and inspire awareness and connection and is not providing therapeutical advice. If you have any questions about the disclaimer or the panelist discussion, you may freely contact me, Miss Liz, through my email at bookymissliz at gmail.com. Moving forward, should you choose to voluntarily participate in tonight's show in any aspect, I myself, Miss Liz, welcomes you. And should you find that the show is not made for you at this time, I will see you at a later show at a later date and time. Again, all tea times are Thursday this year in 2023, unless it's a rescheduled tea time. So make sure to check that out Thursday morning, afternoon, and evening. We have three shows in one day. So Ryan is an international licensed counselor, multiple times published author with books of psychological and personal development. He is also certified as a hip, hypnotherapist. therapist. I'm going to get him to say that word. My tongue is twisting. Uh, also certified, uh, 
personal trainer and sports nutritionist. Ryan has dedicated his life to helping others to reconnect to their greatness and turn their pain into purpose. We're going to talk about his mini documentary as well tonight. We're going to be talking about his book and all of that good stuff. So I'm going to get Ryan in here and we're going to spill some tea with all of you guys. So grab your tea, grab your beer, grab your wine, whatever you would like to drink. You don't need to drink tea with Miss Liz. <laughs> so welcome, Ryan. Hi, Miss Liz. Hi. Well, well, now, could you get that word out for me? I can't do it. I'm tongue twisting here. Uh, oh, sure. Hypnotherapist. There we go. Uh, my tongue is, I, I guess my tongue is just tired or just needs another sip of tea or a little stronger <laughs> tea. <laughs> <laughs> So Ryan, how did it all start? Let's get right from the nitty gritty, like little boy to big boy. Okay. Uh, well, it's great to be with you. I love your your intro. That music and the vibe and the energy really had me amped up. So uh, I appreciate appreciate that intro. I can tell you took a lot of time. So I love that. Uh, I guess maybe we can start from the beginning. So I was experienced a tragedy very early on in my life. I look at that tragedy as happening for me and not to me, and we'll unpack a little bit more about that. But uh, shortly before my third birthday and a few days after Christmas, um, shortly before my third birthday, my mother was working as a secretary at a law firm, and she was eight months pregnant with my sister, Megan. There was an individual that came in to commit a robbery. My mom was there. She was working late and she was raped and killed in the process of this individual committing the burglary. And so there was little Ryan and his father, uh, that whose you know, mother never came home, wife never came home, little sister, little daughter um, that never came home that night. And it took me almost three decades. We talk about big Ryan. It took me almost three decades, and I was a big Ryan for a long time, before I really leaned into that pain and, and really experienced that grief and processed it. And that eventually led me to what I do today as, a, as an internationally licensed counselor, helping people turn their pain into purpose. So that statement, pain into purpose, what does that stand for you? I think that almost every human being has experienced pain at some point in time in their life. Some of us have experienced it perhaps more than others. And some of us have experienced it in different ways than others. But ultimately, I think part of the fundamental nature of being a human being is that we will experience pain. I believe that there is tremendous power in pain. I believe that some of our greatest gifts and abilities are wrapped up inside of that pain and it takes a lot of courage to lean into that pain and to explore it and to get into that power and so that's what i mean when i say that there's you know turning pain into purpose and turning turning pain into power right it is through that journey into the pain that we can uncover our purpose and our power well, and I always say it all the time with my story too. My my greatest strength is my pain, <laughs> mm -hmm. because it's what gets us through our gets us through this life, right? Because we needed that pain in the past in order to be who we are today to help the people that we help today. You know, that at the time we were probably like, "Hey, what the heck is going on? Like this this shouldn't have happened to me," you know. But like you said, it took you three decades to get through this, Ryan. You know, and now today, look what you're doing. You're helping mm -hmm. others. And that's 
so does your story help others connect with you easier by sharing that pain with them? Yeah, well, when, you know, when I published Unlock the Power of Your Mind in 2019, I was humbled and overwhelmed at the amount of individuals that reached out to me, some of whom had known me for quite a while and said, you know, wow, I never realized that you had been through that. And, and by the way, it's not just about um, the, the tragedy of my mom and my sister, Megan. It's also about some of the mistakes that I made in my life. And coping with that pain in unhealthy ways and some of the mistakes that I made and the shortcomings in, in that regard. You know, I think I was a good person living a bad way at different points in times in my, in my life. And so, you know, I think that there was a, a period of time where I wasn't handling that, that pain in the right way, but I learned and, and I grew. And so now I help people is, you know, you know Hey, listen, I know what it's like for me, not for Miss Liz or not, not for any one of the individual viewers, right? Or listeners, right? But I know what my rock bottom is like. And I think that if we can connect in the sense of, oh, that was, this was rock bottom for you. And how were you feeling? This is rock bottom for me. And this is how I'm feeling, right? That creates a beautiful meeting ground of vulnerability. And through that vulnerability, the deepest level of human connection can happen. And when human connection happens, people feel seen, heard, loved, cared about, and believed in. Yeah, because I seen something on your Facebook. I think you you posted it on March 7th about uh, humanity is awakening. And I was like, oh boy, am I going to have some fun with Ryan? Because I'm a humanitarian <laughs> and I believe that there is a huge awakening coming. There's a lot of people that are blind right now, but I believe that we're slowly opening those eyes and seeing that humanity needs to be right on the forefront. And I think stories like yours and mine, Ryan, open those doors, you know, because we're showing the rawness of ourselves and we're bringing good connection for people mm -hmm. to say, you know what, holy cow, they went through this, but look where they are now. You yes. know, it gets them out of that victim mode. It gets them out of the blame game. And mm -hmm. it says, you know what, they had it hard. Let, let, I can do this. You know, I can push forward. So what three tips do you always give to uh, your, uh, you don't call them clients. We, we said that individuals, what do you, what three tips do you give your, your individuals to stay strong? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, primarily, I think the first thing is for anybody that's out there that's experiencing pain or they're in their low moment, right? Is to know you are not alone. You're not alone, okay? You don't have to go through it alone, whether it's a, a friend, whether it's a, a mentor, whether it's a spiritual coach, whether it's one of your religious leaders, uh, maybe it's um, a thought leader in your space, whatever your industry is, um, whether it's a counselor, whether it's a psychiatrist, whether it's a different medical professional, acupuncturist, you know I mean? Whoever it may be, right? It's okay to reach out for help. It's okay to say, I can't do this and I need somebody, you know, I can't do it right now, right? Or maybe I need more tools to help me get through it right now. It's okay to reach out for somebody for help, right? So number one is, uh, you know, you're not alone. Number two, it's okay to reach out for help. And then the last thing that I say to people is that healing is not a linear process. 
And I think healing is an ongoing process. I hope I'm never done healing. Me too, because when I hear I'm healed, I'm like, I'm running. <laughs> because <laughs> I believe healing is a life job. Like we have gone through hard things. You have gone through hard things. You can't expect 30 days of, a, you know, a, a center and you're all healed. Ah, that's just a, that's just a little touch of it. That's just a little piece that puts that masterpiece back together. Uh, you know, so when I hear I'm healed, I'm like, oh, I'm not sure about this. I got to get, I got to go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So beautifully said. Absolutely. So when you wrote your book, Ryan, what was the hardest process of writing your book? I think the context in which I was writing it. So um, I share, you know, in 2018, I kind of had the, the triple whammy of, I will say, my second lowest of low, right? So I had a marriage that was basically called off at the at the last minute, the day of the rehearsal dinner, uh, lost my job. I left my job uh, prior to going to get married. And then shortly thereafter started a new job when I, when I was supposed to be coming back from my honeymoon and started the new job, honeymoon, which I never went on, obviously, um, and then started a new job. So then lost that, lost that job subsequently. Right. So you're talking about there's a huge kind of uh, curveball in, re in relation to my professional career. Um, then I was involved in a serious car accident hit from behind while I'm stopped at a red light SUV going about 30 to 40 miles an hour. I'm all banged up PTSD from the, from the car accident, which I would later come to understand was exacerbated by the trauma that I experienced earlier on in my life. Shoulders all banged up, a whole bunch of herniated discs up and down my spine. Um, and so that's where I was when I was writing the book. I was at the, you know, on the other, other side of all of that. Um, so I'm living in my friend's basement because I'm, I don't have any place to live now that I'm, you know, the, the, you know, I was living with my, my fiance at the time. Right. So I'm homeless. Uh, I, I couldn't afford a car loan um, because my, my credit was not very good. Uh, so I had to figure out how to, how to get a car. Right. So just kind of in the midst of getting that all handled. Right. And I'm still kind of in like the, okay, so I started this new job, but it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. And I think I'm probably, this is, this is, probably going to get let go, right? So it was just like the context of all of that. And here I am, I've got this book and I just, I felt it in my heart, Miss Liz. I was like, this happened for me, not to me. And I've got to get this message out with the world because it's going to help me to feel like this happened for me when I can share it with other people and connect with other people and inspire other people. It's almost like you had to be at the lowest to get the the magic and the power mm -hmm. out into the book right mm -hmm. sometimes we, we look at things and we're like well why me and then you look back and you see like the book after the book is written you're like oh okay now i get it i needed to be that low in order to get that power out to get that message out you know because if you were at a high you were married and you had a good job and everything maybe that book wouldn't have been as empowering as it is now mm -hmm. you know uh yeah we always look at things, you know, as a, oh my goodness, it came to me. And I love that you say that, you know, that it, not to me, you know, it came mm -hmm. to you, but not to you, you know, yeah, because me, not to me. Yeah. I, I really like that statement, Ryan, because it's a really empowering statement of 
as a trauma survivor and as somebody who has gone through so much pain and suffering, you, you, you still have that positive outlook in life, you know? So how did you get there? Mm. Well, maybe we could talk about the, the many mistakes or, or um, maybe things that I had done that I wasn't proud of that was a part of my journey. And, and that was, I didn't realize it, Miss Liz, but I was dealing with a tremendous amount of grief ever since, you know, like I said, that, that little three-year-old, almost three-year-old Ryan, his mother never came home. No, no three-year-old has a conscious understanding of, of that, right? Of yeah. my mom was, was killed, right? I'm sure I must have been rubbing on my mom's belly and, oh, are you so excited? You're going to be a big brother, right? Um, so all of that, though, was experienced in the subconscious mind. And so all of that was there with me for all of this time. And I didn't realize it. And I didn't realize that with the drugs and the alcohol and the partying and all of that is that I was suppressing that pain down. Here I was on the outside. I had all of these accomplishments, right? I was making six figures. I was close to, I was second in line to be nominated VP of one of the largest fitness clubs the largest fitness club in the United States at the time. Right. Um, you know, and so like from the outside, everything was going great, but on the inside I was falling apart and I didn't even really realize it. I didn't realize, you know, what I was, what I was doing. So that eventually led me to, uh, getting arrested. I was arrested by the, by the DEA and spent a night in jail. And I think that night in jail was, there was a part of me that died. And there was another part of me that was reborn. And, and I think that it was in, I think that was the catalyst. That was kind of the initial part of the rebirth where I was able to figure out, okay, what is it that you want to be, man? Who is it that, who is it that you want to be? Are you proud of this version of you? Would you, are you making your mom proud of you? Are you making your sister proud of you? And so I was forced to confront those questions and really take a hard look in the mirror and ask myself, um, you know, is this the person that I wanted to be? And if the answer to that question was no, then I need it, which it was, then I needed to go back and take a look and say, okay, what needs to shift in your mentality as it relates to this pain, as it relates to this trauma? So Ryan, we have a question here. Uh, uh, we have a gentleman here. He's 46 years old and he wants to know, as a young boy, was it hard to talk about your grief? That is a great question. I will say this. And because I was so young when this happened, I don't think that I have a conscious memory enough to be able to tell you you know, what, where, where I was at mentally and emotionally as a very young boy. But I will say this, um, I got my butt kicked playing hockey in Canada. And my dad said, did you like that son? And I said, no. And he goes, well, you're coming to the gym with me. Right. And so my dad and I worked out together. First, we started out in the basement and then we went to the gym and I love that time so much. And I remember, I will, I remember exactly where I was at American Family Fitness Center in Vestal, New York. And I remember working out with my dad and he was darn near in tears. I could just tell it took so much. And I could, 
uh, Miss Liz, I can take myself back there in my in my mind immediately. And my dad said, you know, son, uh, if you ever have any questions about your mom or you ever want to, you know, talk about her or whatever, you know, um, you know, you just you just let me know. And I remember I felt his pain as he was saying that to me. And I remember saying, okay, dad, okay, yeah, but I didn't. So I guess to answer that, that gentleman's question, it was very difficult and no, I didn't feel, no, I didn't feel uh, uh, comfortable or maybe have the tools to process that. And that wasn't on my dad. I don't, I don't say that to blaming my father. He was doing the best that he could. And I was doing the best that, that, that I could at the time. Right. And I don't know if either of us were maybe at a point where we were ready to, to process that. And that, again, that's why I say, grief and healing is not a linear process and nobody else's timetable. Nobody else gets to put their timetable on us, right? It's an individual journey. We get to walk in our own pace. Now, do you feel by your dad stating, making that statement to you, Ryan, was that maybe his way of saying, let's talk about your mom. I miss your mom. Maybe it was his way of saying, Hey, we can talk about her, you know? Yeah. That's a great question. Uh, I think that that was his way of loving me and supporting me in the very best way that he could. I will say this, and I say this with with no judgment and nothing but love to my father and my stepmom. There was not a single picture of my mother growing up in my in my house. None. It was it was as if. Uh, at least in that respect, pictures and, and different things of that nature. They would always, you know, encourage me to spend time with my mom's family and my aunt, and my grandma and grandpa. Right. So uh, but as it relates to different things around the house, there there was nothing. Um, and so in many ways, I think that that was that was challenging for me as a little kid. Right. It's kind of hey, where do I fit in here? And I speak about that in my book. It's like where I know what it's like to not really quite feel like you fit fit in right to be a part of three three families so ryan how did you get the title of your book i believe that our mind and particularly our subconscious you know there's two parts to the mind the the conscious mind and the subconscious mind i believe that in our subconscious mind we have tremendous tremendous power tremendous access to information. And so when I say unlock the power of your mind, what I mean is helping people to get a better understanding of the conscious and the subconscious mind and how when we link those two up in harmony and and we know how to tap into them, we can accomplish whatever it is that we want to accomplish in this world. Yeah, because your book is called what, Ryan? Unlock the power of your mind. So do you see a key that you're unlocking by writing this book? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I hope it's the key to helping <laughs> other people to unlock the, unlock the power of their mind and to get a better understanding of, you know, hey, you know, the, 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 the mind works for us. We don't work for the mind. Yeah. But when we experience pain and trauma, it can, it can often get the mind to work 
make us feel like we're working for the mind because it's always in the state of trauma. It's always in the state of chaos. We can't function optimally when we're functioning in a state of, of chaos, especially at a subconscious level, because we're not even aware that we're operating from it. And I, and I like that you're bringing all of these good tools to the table and the, the audience is just like, wow, we're getting a lot of wows and thank you, Ryan. And, and they really like the engagement between me and you. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> uh, Miss Liz always keeps her guests just a moving along. I, I there's questions that come in, there's things that pop in my head, and I really resonate with a lot of my guests because our stories are similar. We have similar pain, but like Ryan says, we don't always go through the same steps and journeys because not one journey is the same. We might have similar pains, sim similarities in our stories, but there's not one story that is the same. So I want to thank you, Ryan, for that as well. And I want to thank all, all these incredible viewers that are tuning in and with your wow, wow, wow. I really like the wows. So thank you for that. And thank you, viewers. <laughs> right? Uh, so um, a lot of the comments come into Miss Liz because we got bots and trolls that try to get into Miss Liz's little wormhole here. And I don't play that game. So Miss Liz got that on guard. So, uh, so Ryan, I want to get into your tea. If I ask you what your tea is, what three words would you give me tonight? Mm -hmm. Tenacious, energetic, very energetic, uh, and and aware. I would say aware, self-aware. Now, why those words? Tenacious. I uh, anybody who knows me well would say that when I set my mind to doing something. I'm going to get it done and I will be, you know, relentless, tenacious, resourceful as it relates to finding, finding out whatever it is I need to do to find out, to get what I'm I want. I'm going to resource that puppy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to be tenacious towards, towards accomplishing my goals. Energetic, like I, I love life and, and I love, I love what I do. I feel like I am truly living my purpose, my soul's purpose in this, in this world. And that just gives me so much energy. Not every day I'm a human being, right? So there are some days where I'm feeling down and some days where I'm still, you know, Hey, wow, the healing journey is a little bit more of the focus today. But, but overall, I would say people would say I'm a pretty, pretty high energy, you know, passionate person. And the last thing is aware I just had a recent session with my counselor and one of the things she said was, you know, you're, you're always very aware of your interactions and how your interactions may be making other people feel. I wasn't always that way. I had to work really, really hard at that because I think I was the opposite. So I would say aware in the sense of that was a, a growth area for me, especially in the past, I don't know, three to four years. So when you were at your lowest, you didn't feel aware, right? When I was at my lowest, I was not, not only was I not aware of my own um, pain and trauma, I was not aware of how I was using unhealthy means to get though to, to deal with that pain and trauma, and sometimes how that was having a deleterious impact on other people. Now, Ryan, do you help anybody with mental health problems with your services? Yeah. So um, in the state of Oregon, I'm a professional counselor associate. In the state of Washington, I'm a licensed mental health counselor associate. And in the province of British Columbia, I'm a registered clinical counselor. Uh, so I, I help people predominantly with trauma, 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 healing and anxiety. 
as it relates to the mind-body connection and also individuals, you know, that may be looking for spiritual counseling as well. But uh, yes, that is my that is my primary role as a counselor is helping people with their mental health. Now, do you help mainly men or women? You know, it's funny. I find that men often reach out to me uh, more, but I do work with men and women. But I, I would say it's probably skewed 70, 30 men. Well, that's 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 pretty interesting. Yeah. I'm also in a field that's predominantly, um, you know, female it's, pre it's predominantly female. Most most counselors and therapists are female. So, um, you know, for for men in the counseling field, some men prefer to, to work with other men. Um, and uh, so I guess since there's less men to choose from, that may be <laughs> part of the reason why more reach out to me. I don't or they, or they connect with me. I don't know. One of the two. So, Ryan, the word that I had trouble with when we first started, when did you get into hypnotist? Yes. Hypnotherapy. I was just reflecting on this earlier today. In the summer of 2019, I was working with my counselor, who's a very dear friend of mine now. And just his name is Billy Mercedes. Billy is absolutely incredible. And Billy did talk therapy and hypnotherapy kind of combination with me and i did hip hypnotherapy and we worked on releasing the trauma surrounding the death of my mother and sister and i mean miss liz two to three sessions but in particular that that first session the release that i felt as the conscious mind was pushed hypnotherapy is a modality that i'll, I'll simplify it in my terms Hypnotherapy is a modality that you can utilize in healing, which pushes the conscious mind out of the way so that we can get into the subconscious mind or the emotional mind, which is where that pain and trauma, I believe, where that pain and trauma gets stored. And if where that pain and trauma gets stored is also dictating 95% of our life's decisions and choices and behaviors, it's probably a pretty important area that we want to get into to get some healing facilitated in. So that was my first experience with hypnotherapy as a receiver and, of it. And how do you see that working in the medical field for mental health? It is a, a modality that can be utilized to help people get into that subconscious mind to get into access that trauma because when we experience pain and we experience trauma, there's protection mechanisms that go up, right? Fight, flight, or freeze. So that we may fight it sometimes literally, but oftentimes in talk therapy, an individual may just kind of push back a little bit against the counselor. Um, so we can't really get into that, that pain and trauma. The other thing would be uh, flight, right? Just, just kind of run away. So maybe you do a couple sessions with a with a therapist or a counselor, or even if it's a friend who tries to speak with you about the pain and trauma, right? Um, and then it's just kind of like, nope, I'm out of here. Pe By the way, people will also often notice this in their intimate relationships as well. They start to feel connected to somebody, start to feel close to somebody. Whoa, pain and trauma gets triggered. I'm out. That's the flight, right? Or just just freeze. So 
you know, it's this kind of person becomes disassociated and they just check out. So hypnotherapy is a way to kind of get in there to put, you know, kind of preemptively get the, that potentiality of a fight, flight or freeze response out of the way so we can get into the subconscious mind and release that, you know, pain and trauma. So we have a question here. Do you do relationship coaching? <laughs> um, I, I do some couples work, but more of my work is working with individuals one on one. But I, I take a unique approach as it relates to couples counseling in the sense of. OK, we're, we're often triggered, right, when we have things that go like this. That's where often in relationships the disconnect happens, right? Well, that's because chances are we were feeling triggered and we weren't really hearing our partner for what they were trying to say. And if we weren't hearing them, then it becomes difficult for us. To, you know, it, it's it, it causes of this, right? Where neither person feels seen or heard. And in, in my experience, and I don't claim to be an expert as it relates to relationships or couples, but but that seems to be the biggest disconnect in relationships, right? Is there's a this because neither person is feeling seen and heard. So we have another question for you. Ryan is a personal trainer. So how long have you been doing that, Ryan? 2013, so about a decade now. And one of the projects that I'm working on, which I'm shooting for starting in 2024, which is going to be another modality that will be utilized in helping people with releasing their pain and trauma is by implementing and integrating exercise and talk therapy together. Anybody that's had a really, really killer workout or killer hike or killer yoga class or whatever the case may be, right? Where they're really, really into it, that, that, they're just so focused on whatever it is that they're they're doing that it's another way to get that conscious mind out of the way so we can get into that subconscious and i can't tell you uh, as a personal trainer where i was actively working with individuals for probably seven years how many times i had individuals that would just break down and, and cry to me and it's something that not a lot of people in the mental health field realize and maybe not enough in the personal training field give themselves credit for that in many ways the personal trainer is like a counselor because the people are they're, they're there because they're experiencing some kind of pain and they're hoping that by making changes in their life and in particular in their body it can help to compensate for that. I don't know if that answered the question. I kind of got off on a tangent there. <laughs> but that, that kind of makes sense, Ryan, because, you know, when we go to a gym, we're trying to change something within ourselves, right? Whether it's our body image or maybe it's somebody at home that keeps picking on us and saying, you, need, you know, you need to lose weight. Maybe that's part of the relationship, you know? So you're going there, you're trying to, but are you actually doing it for yourself? You know, these are the emotions that you bring. And as a personal trainer, I'm sure you've dealt with some people who are, I don't know why I'm here for, like, I'm just here because somebody wants me to lose 10 pounds or somebody mm -hmm. wants me to lose a hundred pounds. How do you, how do you deal with that as a personal trainer? Yeah. So Dr. Maxwell Maltz, it was a very, very famous, he wrote a book called Psycho-Cybernetics. It's a tremendous book and he talks about self-image. 
And I'll tie mental health and the personal training question in here together. So uh, Dr. Maltz opines that there is two images that people have of themselves. One is an internal self-image, right? And the other is the image as it relates to the outside world. So he was a plastic surgeon. He would make different changes to people's physical appearance. And he would notice some people afterwards, they were so happy. They were so jovial. It was like, oh my God, I feel like this new person. And then he shares about an experience where he put a mirror in front of a woman and she said, I don't see any difference. Wow. And she was upset with him. What, what did I pay you for? I don't, I, don't, I don't see any difference here. And after his initial kind of feeling triggered, right? He said, wait a second, what's going on here? So he showed her a picture of herself, right? And he said, hey, look, this, this is where you were prior to coming to see me. And this is where you are now. And she said to him, but I don't feel any different. And so that's the subconscious mind, right? That's where that, that true, true, true self-image lies, right? And so as it relates to personal training, people would come and even if they change their, their, self, their external self-image, right, through working out and maybe it was a guy looking to put on some lean muscle or, or, or a guy looking to lose some, some body fat, whatever the, whatever, whatever the goal was, right? They may change their external self-image, but if they change their internal self-image, those are the individuals that got results and kept the results. Hopefully that answers your question. Well, thank you so much, Ryan, for that. And thank you for the, for the questions that are coming in because without the awareness, without this open conversation and discussion, we, we can't help other people, you know? Uh, and, we're just giving tools and tips, but the work has to be done from within yourself. It's like Ryan said, there's no linen for anybody. Like all of our stories are different. All of our, all of our healing is different. There's no time limit. So if somebody's putting a time limit on your healing, get rid of that person right away. Like that's number one, get rid of that person, you know, uh, because I feel as somebody who lives with grief, Ryan, myself, and you living with grief, you know, if somebody would say, okay, stop grieving that person, I'd be like, how dare you? Mm. Like, how dare you put that on me? Help put that bearer on me. I would never ask that of you. Why, why are you asking that of me? And usually people want us to get over our grief really fast because it makes them uncomfortable. Because they have already overcome. You know, they've gotten to the next step. They haven't completely healed because there's no complete healing. <laughs> when right. you live with trauma, it's a life job until the day you die that you're dealing with, you know, healing and that. So Ryan, we have a question here. You have multiple books. So how many books do you have out there? So I have Unlock the Power of Your Mind and the Power of Words, which I document 22 of the most common words that I find use that can be used right and there's so much power in the words that we use i believe that we speak it you know what we think about we bring about and what we speak about we bring about into our lives and so uh, i published that book in 2021 and then i have a series of wellness journals that i've come out with that people can use 
10 or 12 bucks on Amazon and people can utilize these. And these are affirmations, questions, reminders, and accountability tabs, which I utilize in my own life and, and I utilize in the work that I do with other individuals. I wanted to provide um, free resources to, to people or low cost resources to people so that they can use these different tips and tricks to help to help them along in their healing journey or their holistic wellness journey. So we have a we have, a, it's almost like a three question in one. So they want to know how your personal training and sports nu nutritionist works together with your mental health of trauma. So I'm, I'm guessing they want to know how the three of them work together. Great, great question. The mind and the body are intimately connected. When we experience depression, neuroscientists have been able to see an increase in cytokines. I, I will use a little bit of scientific lingo and then I'll, I'll simplify it, right? So uh, it's interleukin-6 as a, a cytokine. And so that's one of the things that the neuroscientists have noticed is that there's an increase of for individuals that have depression. Guess oh. who else experiences an increase in cytokines in interleukin-6? Individuals that are sick, their immune system is ramped up and they will also have a spike in interleukin-6, right? So the mind and the body are so intimately connected. And I realized this going back to Maxwell Moles. I realized this because there would be individuals that I would help and they would lose. I mean, one woman lost 50 pounds, three to four months. I mean, it was just absolutely incredible. And a couple of years later, I say this with, with, with no judgment, uh, only compassion. A couple of years later, she was right back to, to where, where she had been before when she first joined up to the gym. And I got to see all everything in between, right? People that made tremendous progress and kept it, people that made tremendous progress and lost it, and some people that quit before they even really gave them an opportunity, gave themselves an opportunity to succeed. And so I said, okay, there's, there's gotta be something about this connection here. Right. And that's in 2016 is when I got the, the first, what I call download um, for the mind, body, soul wellness program or the mind, you know, mind, body, soul approach for those of us that are spiritual soul, but for other individuals, just the mind body, right. They're so connected. So if there is a person that is saying, well, I'm, I'm suffering with, uh, depression and fatigue and all of these different uh, other, you know, things that they may be experiencing, right? Okay. Well, let's take a holistic look at it. How is your sleep? What's your eating like? Do you have any food allergies? I'm not a medical doctor. This is not medical advice, yep. but these are some things to discuss with your doctor to, to take a look at, right? And really, I work collaboratively with other healthcare providers so that we can get into this because why take a, a pill for depression if it's because your vitamin D level is low because we're in the Pacific Northwest and, and we don't get any, any sunshine for a large portion of the year, right? Now you're taking a medication with potential side, and I'm not against medication, but now you're taking medication with a potential side effect, right, for depression because you feel tired when really it was because you had low vitamin D level. There may be other things that we can work on as it relates to the feelings of depression, but maybe one of the primary drivers was you had low vitamin D levels. Well, 
These are all things that we want to take into account if we're talking about looking at, you know, facilitating ultimate healing. So that's a, a long answer to a short question. Well, and I, I am against medication because I was just put on medication after medication. After, and, and instead of removing me from one medication, they just increased another one. And at the point where I was no longer remembering my kids' names, I wasn't remembering myself. I was sleeping 24 seven, I wake up enough just to have a glass of water and back asleep again. And I was like, this has got to stop. Like, like, what am I doing here? And every time I went and seen the psychiatrist, the psychiatrist was like, no, you just got to take your medicine. And I was like, like, I, I want to do more with my life than just sleep it away, you know? And I want to be able to remember my kids and I want to be able to say, you know what? Mommy's okay. You know? So I am against medication because I think, like you said, Ryan, we have to figure out what is causing this. Is it the, you know, the decrease in sunlight? Is it your sleep habits? Is it your relationship? Is it your home environment? You know, is it your, the building you're living in? Does it have mold? Like these are things mm -hmm. that, you know, mm -hmm. that affect yeah. your mind. Like these are things that people are not looking at. They're just saying, okay, well, just give me a pill. And then we're starting to enable people. And then when they don't get their medication, then they're, they're reacting. Hey, I need my pill. No, you don't, you know, slowly get yourself off of it. We, we have to be advocates of ourselves. We have mm -hmm. to be that advocate that reaches out and says, you know what? No, this doesn't sound like me. This isn't me. It's almost like you said with that reflection of the mirror, I don't feel me, you mm -hmm. know? And that's where the doctor was able to say, you know what? Okay, now I get it. She doesn't feel herself. You know, mm -hmm. she did all this hard work. She doesn't see the improvement that she made because she didn't feel herself. So we, then you get down to the problem of the trauma. And I believe that a lot of mental health issues are because of trauma, mm -hmm. because of childhood abuse or abandonment or neglect, or, you know, you go, you like, you have gone through a lot, Ryan, with your mom passing and that, you know, that that affects the mind, you know? So all these labels that are giving to people and many people don't even understand the diagnosis that are being given to them. Mm -hmm. Depression, they think it has to be a sad depression face where you can have depression and be the happiest person out there mm -hmm. and have depression and nobody not even know you have it, you know? Right. So we really got to change the look of it and the, and the stigma and, you know, you know, just open up and ask the questions and reach out to people like Ryan and myself and other people that have gone through it and just say, you know what, what's, what's really stopping me here? Like what, what is triggering me? We got to get to the triggers, you know, no one's working with triggers. Everyone's just working with, okay, you, you got this, you got that. Okay. Take this um, without taking the time to understand what's triggering that person. Yeah. So Ryan, Ryan, when you work with somebody, how do you get to the core of the apple? That's a great question. And so this is this is why I love this conversation, Ms. Liz, because you literally took the word. It's like you set me up and you like you read my mind. And you I did set not me up set you up. Exactly. Yeah, you set me up perfect, right? You can't change the fruit until you change the root. And so when somebody comes to me and they're saying, oh, I've, I've got this, I've got that, right? Um, one way to look at it is, okay, let's, you know, treating the symptoms, okay? Uh, I, don't, I don't look at treating the symptoms. I think 
They're important to acknowledge. It's important to understand what's going on, right? But I really understand. I want to understand why it's going on. So I can take all the apples, right, and give you all the cognitive behavioral therapy tools, and you can take all the things in the holistic wellness journal that I, that I speak about, right? You can implement all those things. But all you're doing is taking, taking apples off the apple tree and becoming frustrated that you're not getting oranges. And guess what? You're going to be stuck on that circle your entire life because until you change the root, you can't change the fruit. So I like to just look at not what is the person doing, but why are they doing it? These these uh, behaviors that we do, my drug and alcohol use, right? It The reason why I was doing it was because there was a pain inside. I'm not saying it's okay. I'm not proud that I was doing it. Yeah. But why was I doing it? I was doing it because there was a pain inside. I was doing it because when I took an ecstasy pill, oh my God, things slowed down. I could love myself, yeah. right? And so that's what, where I really get into in the work that I do is, okay, so why am I doing this, right? And not with like beating myself up about it. But why am I doing it, right? And then loving myself and saying, it's okay. You were doing that, right? Because it was all you knew how to do at the time to adapt, to survive. These are adaptations of survival. I know that may sound extreme, but they're adaptations to survive. They're adaptations to get our needs met. They don't care if they're serving or non-serving. My subconscious mind didn't care that I, you know, was taking an ex ecstasy, five ecstasy pills and going out until seven o'clock in the morning. Didn't care about that. It just cared about getting the emotional need met. If I want to love myself, I want to be happy. I want to be present. So. Well, we have a comment here and they're like, way to go, Miss Liz. You really did set them up. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, oh, yes. I never set nobody up uh, but we get to the core of the problem and the issues of discussion when we really dig deep you know and and that's what you're saying ryan is get to the root you know stop blaming the top of the apple like you know the apple that's grown work with the root get to the root you know be that warm get in there and just eat right to the core of the mm -hmm. apple and find out what's causing it and why we're putting these butterflies on and say, no, it's so fine, you know, or we're numbing ourselves because we're in pain because we're scared to say, hey, I'm hurting. You know, we have to get to a point where we can really express ourselves and open up and say, hey, this is what I'm going through. I know why I'm doing it. It makes me feel good. It doesn't matter if it's good for me or not. I'm going to just do it because that's all I know at this time. Until I know better, I can't do better. You know? Oh, that's so good. That's so good. And you know what else just came to me as you were talking about the worm, right? Is you got to get dirty in that process. Right? You, you, you got to get dirty, right? You've got to go to those uncomfortable, dirty places, right? And gosh, does it take a lot of courage to get there? And gosh, is it uncomfortable, right? And by the way, who's ever going there with you? They also, that can't be unfamiliar to them, right? And, and that's another reason why I wrote the book, right? Was because I wanted people to know, uh, hey, yeah, I, I, I got dirt. I got dirt on me and I have made mistakes, right? And I have been, and here's my lowest of lows. And if I can do it, you can do it too. And 
I'm not afraid of that dirt because I've been there and I've been in it myself. And I'll, I, I can't walk the walk for you, but I'll walk there dirty alongside of you. And we don't have to be afraid of it. Yeah. And we shouldn't be afraid of our mistakes. We shouldn't be afraid of that dirt because that dirt made us who we are today, yeah. you know, and wants that change and says, you know what? I was dirty and I'm proud of my dirt because mm -hmm. do I regret my dirt? No, because if you regret it, then you, you aren't the person you are today. Yeah. You know, a lot of people will say, well, would you ever change your story? Ryan, would you ever change your story? Oh, hell no. Hell no. I wouldn't choose it, but I wouldn't change it. If you asked me, right, when I was a little kid, would I want my mom not to come home? I'm quite sure I would have said, uh, no, I would not choose that. But guess what? I wouldn't change my story. I'm not here to you. If the, I'm not, I'm very likely we're not having this conversation today if the DEA didn't have their guns drawn on me on August 13th, 2013. Probably not here. If I didn't spend that night in jail, probably not here. If I didn't have those that triple whammy of that car accident, probably not here. Because if I didn't have the car accident, I never would have met with Billy for my clinical mental health counseling to get me over the PTSD from the car accident, right? So yeah. would I choose it? No. Would I change it? Definitely not. And, and I think that's a really strong statement when we both can say we would not change it, you know, because we really have to be proud of our dirt. We really got to get dirty sometimes. And like you said, Ryan, walk beside you because we have walked the dirt. We haven't walked your dirt, but we have walked the dirt. And yeah. I think that's where stories really empower other people and change lives because we show the real rawness and the dirt. And we're saying, hey, I got dirty once upon a time. Let You know? If you want to get dirty, I can walk with you. You know, yeah. you don't got to be all squeaky clean for me. So yeah. I think that's what really empowers people with these books that you're writing, Ryan, and, and the lives that you're changing as well. And you are called the life changer. So you are changing lives, correct? Yeah. So as we kind of start to wrap up here in our last couple minutes, I would say that I have added one word to that, and that is facilitator, the life change facilitator, right? Because nobody changes our life other than yep. ourselves. Um, so yeah, yeah. Life change facilitator. I, I got to update my, my Gmail address to say, <laughs> Ryan, the life change facilitator. I'm going to give you some homework. Dude. You're leaving here with homework. Yeah. <laughs> so we're getting close to the hour and I know you have a, an individual that you have to meet with. So we're going to wrap it up. We're going to get to the last couple of questions here. So I asked all my guests what their favorite color is and the one word that describes them as an individual. And you gave me the word passionate. Why that word, Ryan? I am passionate about helping people. I am passionate about helping people to feel loved, seen, heard, cared about, believed in. Um, yeah, I, I just that is just how I'm hardwired is to is to be passionate. Um, so yeah, I would say that's the word that describes me. And your favorite color that you gave me was baby blue. Why baby blue? That's a good question. I don't know. I've just always found that color to be very. Um, you know, uh, euphoric and, and beautiful and peaceful and soothing to me kind of all at the same time. I don't know why, but uh, I do. So Ryan, if anybody wanted to reach out to you, how can they reach out to you? Yeah, Ryan at RyanCopiarHolisticHealing.com or take a look at my website, RyanCopiarHolisticHealing.com. And how can they get your book? Uh, Amazon. 
Amazon.com, unlock the power of your mind. Awesome. And any final words before we wrap up so you can get to, to your individual? Yes. To anybody out there that is feeling that they're at their low, feeling that, boy, I just don't know if I have the strength to, you know, push forward or how am I going to get through this? Whether that's an emotional, something going on with their uh, emotions, whether that's a family member or, or an intimate relationship or finances or physical pain or struggle, whatever it may be. Healing is possible for you. Look at Miss Liz. I right? look at look at me. There was a moment, I don't want to speak for you, Miss Liz, but there was a moment in time in my life where I, I don't know if I believed fully that it was possible. That's okay. Just believe 1%. Let me and Miss Liz, maybe this, this conversation helps, helps that other 99%. Or maybe you're at 25% and this conversation helps to give you that extra 75% that you need for this day. Well, let us give you, let us give you that 75%. Whatever it is that you have, just, just hold on to it. Take the rest of ours because healing is possible for you. And we believe it's possible for you. Not only do we believe it, we know it because we lived it. So yes, healing is possible. And yes, you deserve it. Well, thank you so much, Ryan. And thank you for joining me to, this evening for an incredible strong tea. Uh, you know, and if anybody would like to know more on Ryan, check out his little mini documentary because we didn't get in, get a chance to get into that as well. But that is also on Vimo. So it, if they just subscribe to Vimo, they can see the documentary or can they just go to the link to see that? Oh, that's a good question. They can go to the link. I'm going to upload it onto YouTube. I kind of gave you a little sneak peek early yeah. access to it. I'm going to be uploading it to, uh, to YouTube soon. But yeah, they can click the Vimeo link. Awesome. Thank you so much. And thank you to all the viewers and supporters and all the crazy questions that came in. And no, I did not set up <laughs> Ryan again. Someone, <laughs> you know, this is how I do it. I, I just push my guests and, and spill their tea. So I just spill and make a big old mess. So uh, I, I'm sure Ryan's okay. I, I'm, I'm sure I haven't offended you, Ryan, by getting you to spill your tea. So again, thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, thank you, Miss Liz. Really appreciate it. And thank you all to the viewers and the listeners. That that was awesome. Seemed like a pretty engaging show. Um, so yeah, that's awesome. Oh yeah, there's a lot of a lot of wow, wow, wows here. So that that's a good thing. And I always like the wows. So I will see everybody next week's Thursday, same time, same place, 10 a.m., 3 p.m., and 7 p.m. We have three new guests, three new countries that will be joining us. That's right, Miss Liz goes around the world. This week, it was all United States. Next week, we don't know where we're going unless you stay tuned and check out Miss Liz's Facebook page. And check out the website. All the Tea Time guests are there. And they you can check them out, watch them anytime you want. Share them with a friend. These Tea Times are to make awareness out there. So if this Tea Time has affected you and brought you some good pointers and good tips. And if you feel like Miss Liz set Ryan up and you're cheering me on, <laughs> share the tea time. So again, Ryan, thank you for an amazing tea time together. Thank you to the audience. Thank you to all the supporters of tea time. And I will see everybody next Thursday for a new month. That's right. We're done March. So we're going into April. So I'll see you guys all on Thursday of next week. So stay tuned. There's a lot of, a lot of amazing guests coming next month.